Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Jay Helms, and I'm the founder of this podcast and movement known as the W2 Capitalist. Today's episode, I'm checking in with Bryce, our, our gold mining mechanic up in North Pole, Alaska. We get into a ton of stuff. He and I went ex- uh, a lot longer than we normally do. Uh, I had some extra time. He had some extra time. Um, and we, we talk about a ton. We talk about playing poker in Vegas, uh, demolition derby at the Plaza Hotel, um, how changing your scenery is extremely scary, which is going to be the title of this show. But um, one of the things that Bryce is struggling with is migrating, leaving Alaska, where he's, he's doing very well financially, going back to his home state of Montana to be closer to family and friends and, and without really any um, job opportunities lined up. He's got a l- nice little business that he wants to create. He and a buddy have been working on that. So we talk a lot about a lot of different stuff. Very little real estate investing, but I thought it may be worth mentioning uh, or still publishing this episode because we get into some books and references um, that I'll link in the show notes. So make sure you check those out. All right, let's get to work. capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W-2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W-2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. So what? Uh, thank you for being flexible on the schedule, man. I had an early morning meeting this morning, and um, uh, I thought I was going to run over. I thought I was going to have to text you on my way back and say, "Hey, we got to back it up 15 minutes," but it didn't. It didn't make it out like that. So, um, no worries, buddy. I'm here about you. No, yeah. no worries. <laughs> you remind me of a good friend of mine um, uh, named Rob. So it's it's uh, y'all. I have a lot of the same, and he's from uh, he's from Iowa, so maybe mm-hmm. it's a Midwest thing. Oof. I, I I don't. I'm from like way west. Then I'm from Montana. Montana and Iowa are a long ways apart. Yeah, <laughs> those personalities are Easterners. So um, you got to meet Flavor Flav or something like that. What was that video about? I didn't even know who that dude was. Yeah. Like, <laughs> everybody's gonna hear that like so i'm so we do our official thing so vegas so demolition derby for people that don't we actually put one on in florida down there somewhere this last i think it was february they went down and did it but anyway had the opportunity to go put it on at the plaza hotel which was awesome (laughs) now now you're Uh, putting this on right you're you're not 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 me um I have promoted my own events in the past. Yeah. Um, how I got hooked up with this company is how I've got hooked up with probably some of, some of my best friends in the world. Yeah. Is I found somebody that I wanted to meet somehow scrounged up their number and called them. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, we, I, I've been helping Johnny Golo out with Sternberg racing for geez, like 10 years ever since I was eight years, I guess since I was 20. However, they've been putting big shows on 
in uh, Salt Lake City area for a long time. Yeah. And uh, like 10, 10 to 10,000 to win shows. One of them we put on in the summer is 25,000 to win. It's, it's a huge motorsports is a huge passion of mine. I don't really make any money at it at all, but it's just one of those things that I absolutely love. And so we had the opportunity to go the Plaza hotel said, Hey, talk to Johnny said, Hey, we really like what you guys are doing. Um, come put a show on for us at the Plaza hotel. We'll kind of do a test and see if we want to put on a big, big show, um, once a year. Yeah. And I think we blew it out of the water because now we have like the golden nugget wanting to throw money in and the one or two other hotels yeah. for this event. Flames because as soon as and that's exact <laughs> I'm sitting down there because like I'm an official, so I'm sitting like on the we have the barricades up and stuff like that so cars don't go off yeah. haywire. And my girlfriend texts me. She's up and stands. I look at my phone. She's like, Play the Flares here. I'm like, who is that? I'm from I'm from Montana. Who is that? <laughs> yeah, I'm a white guy from Montana. I don't know who Flavor Flav is. And then once I started, I was like, okay, I think I've heard of him. I think I've heard some of the music, right? Yeah. But it was it was a riot. And so, like I said, we're going back in November to put on it's gonna be like a week, a week's worth of a show. that they want us to put on Uh, because once all the rednecks in the United States heard that there's a derby in Vegas, everybody dropped what they're doing, ran to the airport (laughs) and they were there. It was awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. I think there's a big con, big competition. I I think old Vegas is really wanting to kind of come back on the scene type of thing because there's a new hotel going up right next to, um, the Plaza Hotel, which I have you ever been to Vegas? Once, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, uh, I went out there. Uh, let's see, when was it? Doesn't matter when it was. It was years ago. Uh, I played in the World Series of Poker, not the main oh, event, awesome. not the ten thousand. It was a no limit hold'em. It was a, like a thousand dollar buy-in. There were, uh, I think, fifteen hundred entrants, maybe twelve hundred. And I placed like 337th. So I didn't place in the money, but I was within a hundred uh, folks of, of placing in. So it was, uh, it was good. It was, it was, uh, I almost, if you know who Chris Moneymaker is, I almost uh, knocked him over cause I wasn't paying attention where I was walking and I turned around and he's, I'm a little bit bigger than him and bam, like, Oh, I'm so, so Oh, you're Chris Moneymaker. I'm so sorry. Anyway. It's uh, funny how you run into people like that. Like it I is say, like, it is Vegas. I love Vegas. Like I've I've never been there up until January. I flew down there on a whim yeah. to go to Shot Show, <clears throat> um, which is like a big uh, anything to do with hunting or sports. It's like their big okay. opening convention for insiders. Yeah. So I had some connect or I had some friends down there that thought that they could get me into that. It's not you can't just go down to it. You have to have a badge and stuff like that. So yeah. they thought that they could get me in, but that didn't work. I realized that that was my first visit to Vegas in January. And I realized Vegas is very boring to go to by yourself. <laughs> very boring. Or you can get in a lot of trouble, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, I try to keep myself in check. But no, Vegas is fun. Like uh, 
Yeah. The, the old Vegas, it's really cool. They've got Fremont Street right there, which yeah, you yeah, see yeah, a yeah. lot of interesting things there. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. This is this is cool. I'm trying to think. So one of the things, so we were there for a couple of days and um uh I won a tournament at the Pink Flamingo. Uh and then it wasn't a tournament. We just sat down in a game and I won my biggest hand. And I, I want to say it was at the Golden Nugget. Yeah, so that's um, right across across from the plaza, and that's old Vegas then. Yeah, yeah. It was we wanted yeah. to go see old Vegas and went down there and we went down and there was a game going on and we bought in and um I I definitely won my biggest hand from a cash game at the Golden Nugget. And it was funny too, because after that because my buddy, uh, the guys I went with, they had already uh busted out and they're like, All right, I'm done for today. Uh, and they were kind of waiting on me, and I won this huge hand, and I'm like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> you know, which I, time I to think, leave. Yeah, time to leave, which I think goes against some kind of etiquette, but uh, I was okay with it. So, um, what got you into poker? That's awesome. I've always loved like just straight up poker. Uh, you know, is when I was in my mid to early 20s, and mm-hmm. um. Actually, I think is when it started on uh, ESPN and Chris Moneymaker, the accountant from Tennessee, won the whatever millions of dollar prizes. You know, he's just an average Joe. Uh, and the people that I hung around at the time just liked to play. So we started playing. And that about that time, the online thing started happening. So I started playing online when I had the chance, which was, you know, you're a single guy. You got a lot of time on your hands. Mm-hmm. Um especially single guy with no kids. And I, I just did that a lot. So, um, you know, it's one of those things now where I, I, I wish I had more time to do it, but I know it's, it's an expensive hobby. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, do you ever pick up and play with friends or whatever? Have like poker night and just. No, uh, no, it's uh, number one. I don't have a whole lot of friends and not to say mm-hmm. that's bad, but it's just, you know, when, when I'm not working and not focused on real estate, it is mm-hmm. family time, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I think that was a different, uh, I don't think, that was a different stage in my life, different chapter. Uh, you know, maybe once the kids get out of the house and the wife is tired of me, and says, look, you got to go find something to do. Maybe I'll go play some more, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, pick it up then. Maybe that'll be my, be my hobby. But uh, no, I, I haven't played in years, actually. I haven't played in years, decade probably. I'm really. <laughs> it's amazing how time flies. You know, it, the saying is, uh, "Kids grow up so fast, or time flies." You know, when you have them, and I'm like, you know, time flies anyway. It's when you have kids is when it starts to come into perspective, right? Which mm-hmm. you don't know anything about that yet, right? So. No, but you, I, I can. Well, I can imagine <laughs> on a little point because well, my little niece is a nephew. Like yeah, it's yeah. it's nuts. Like all of a sudden, like they're two, and two years flew by, and you're like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. Like you can talk now. Yeah, I'm not even. I'm not even there. You're supposed to be just a little baby where I left you like a year ago. Yeah, you're not I supposed t- to grow up. I tell my daughter, and she's two. I was like, I, I really love this stage she's in right now. I told her yesterday. I was like don't ever grow up just stay this size you know and of course i don't know what that's doing to her psychologically but 
<laughs> you know, it's like, man, I just, and my son's four, he's at an awesome age. I'm just like, let's just snapshot this. Let's just stay, stay in it forever. But, uh, so there's that side of it, but you also want to see them to grow up and accomplish and do great stuff. So, well, absolutely. And they're at that stage. So being the oldest of nine kids, like I kind of, got the ex not the parent i got the apparent experience without the responsibilities for three or four of them you know yeah <laughs> because i was so much older yeah so it, it was it was really cool like my little brother brentley he was born four and a half months premature oh wow and so yeah he was one pound 14 ounces i think okay um i was 17 at the time so it was really cool to 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 kind of reminisce on that or is really cool and reminisce from when he was just a little little kid in the the NICU and you could literally almost see through his skin yeah to what he is now he's a little he's a little baller right now yeah yeah it's uh it hits home so today we actually go um what might be our last ultrasound and then um uh, which I don't even know if you know but but baby number three's on the way right yeah I've seen that that's awesome congratulations uh, yeah thank you thank you we're uh I think reality is starting to set in for both of us because <laughs> for whatever reason the last couple of days the kids have been just um you know usually they're pretty good they're usually well behaved but last couple of days they've just turned it up a notch and like my son last night he he uh he he he's into this stage where he wants to play rough right and his playing rough has gotten rougher and rougher and i want to teach him okay you can do that but you also you know got to do it with some restraint whatnot so if he hits me like last night we're just sitting there we're playing rough in the in the floor and then he stops and watches tv for a minute and then out of nowhere he just hauls off and slaps me in the face <laughs> and and it, it actually hurt a little bit. And I was like, my initial reaction was to slap him back. And it was one of those knee jerk reactions, you know, and I did. And he kind of laughed and then he, his laugh turned into a smile or a frown. He goes, okay, uh, that hurt a little bit. And I was like, well, yeah, it did. I said, so you, I said, Hey, I've been telling you, don't hit me in the face. And, you know, we don't have to do that. Let's, we can still play rough. And then, uh, B, I said, you caught me off guard. I wasn't ready for that. I thought we were taking a break. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I said, I didn't mean to do that. I, it was just a knee jerk. was what's called a knee jerk reaction. So he, he got a lesson in that <laughs> last night, but, um, but no the point of the story is both of them have been really, uh, rambunctious the last couple of days. And even to the point last night at dinner, we're sitting down and I told my wife, I said, you know, cause they're rambunctious through dinner i said you know we have a third one coming <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh which is you know less than five weeks away so uh anyway how's mama doing doing good through all that and she she's been doing uh this has been the worst pregnancy for her yet she's stayed sick and nauseous through the entire thing and um we'll find out today kind of what's what's going on she's been having some some issues, uh, but we'll, we'll find out here in a couple of hours, what all, mm -hmm. what all is going on. If that's normal or if, cause this, this pregnancy, they say everyone's different. Um, this one has definitely been different from the other two. So, mm -hmm. uh, we don't know if 
kind of what's going on is is considered normal and she just didn't have it before or um other than that she's been she's been great man she's she's uh she's a runner so she um um she still goes and runs like yesterday morning she went and ran a, a mile or two you know 35 weeks pregnant so that's awesome pretty amazing yeah i've got some friends up here that that own a gym and uh ryan's wife liz um she's actually probably about about the same and she yeah. was like deadlifting rack pulling the other day like 280 pounds. Like, Should you be doing that? Like, yeah. I mean, like, that's awesome. But yeah. wait a second. Wait a second. Are you going to strain and the baby's going to pop out? What's going on here? Well, I'm more so embarrassed because a pregnant lady can deadlift more than me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's why I don't go running with my wife because <laughs> there's no way I'm doing it. And, and for her to not only will she outrun me at 35 weeks pregnant, but I'll have to stop and take a rest even with it. You know, I've been slowly, gradually getting into, I did a mile yesterday and it was like a nine minute mile, which I was super mm -hmm. excited about. And, uh, I think she does that walking. So, um, Ugh, I hate running. Oh, I hate, I hate, maybe that just like, be, well, being homeschooled in Montana, you weren't allowed to compete in any sports. Yeah. It's, other than some special sanctioned that homeschool BS. I got you. Like, and yeah. No, nobody wanted to play on a homeschool team. You were just <laughs> terrible. Like, <laughs> so, like, I've never had to be, I've always been strong. I've worked on farms and stuff like that, but I've never yeah. had to be in, like, cardiovascular conditioned. Yeah. You know? And, like, oh, I hate running. I hate it so yeah. much. I do, too. I'm so sore afterwards it's mm -hmm. pathetic, but i don't i don't get how people like get addicted to it i'm like how, how? Uh, a yeah it's amazing it's cool i like it's i've got some friends that absolutely love it but i'm just like how <laughs> yeah it I, sucks I'm, yeah <laughs> for some people though man it is it is a mind clearing activity you know and it, it even when she comes back now um she's so jazzed up. Like, I don't know what uh -huh. happens with, um, chemically or whatnot when she's running. It doesn't, the same thing does not happen to me. <laughs> you know, when I, I mean, I come back, I feel like I'm dying, you know, and I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, why did I just do that? My body's saying what's going on here, but she comes back, she's jazzed up, you know, and this, it's a different thing for me. I I've started doing this because, um, one of the things she's been having trouble with in the pregnancies are blood pressure. And so just because we we've been monitoring at home, I've been monitoring mine. We also get the pulse and where my pulse, my resting pulse is like 90 beats per minute, uh, which is not good. Uh, hers is like 50 or 60. And I'm like, yeah, I probably need to start running. I need to do some cardiovascular. Otherwise my heart's going to explode. So. Is 90 too much? Yes. Well, I, I know it's high. I know it's, my blood pressure is good, but my, the beats are the BPM's a little. That's a little high. Mm -hmm. Resting, you know. So it's it's come down a little bit, but it uh, it could probably be a lot lower. <laughs> yeah. yeah, always could be, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
Well, what's going on on the real estate side of things, man? Well, like kind of like we, we we talked about last week, it's not not on pause. It's it's kind of in the education stage back yeah. to, to that and, and figuring that out. And uh, like I said, like I said, the last last go around, I'm kind of in a a pause on the end of things till I figure out what it is I'm going to do here in the next month yeah. or two. Yeah, which is uh, possibly moving back to Montana, right? Yes, um, which there's there's some there's some cool things happening there, but also yeah. some scary things too because uh, just the the I guess the scary thing of just the unknown. Yeah, you know. Oh, there we go. Wi-Fi is working. Hang on here. There we go. Mm. There you are. There we go. Now I can see you. Um, yeah. I would comment on how um, that pink shirt that you have going on, but uh, I know you're more of a man than I am, so we're, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> well, it's a buddy's uh, – <laughs> yeah, it's a buddy's skinny salvage out of uh, – I think he's out of Ottawa, Kansas or something like that. He sent this to yeah. me. So I like to rock it and throw everybody off. <laughs> but well, let, me, uh, <clears throat> let me ask you this. Is there a girl involved – that uh, is pushing you to move back to Montana. Well, my girlfriend, she does live in Texas. Okay. So not, not, not in Montana, but, but that is a huge factor. Montana is closer to Texas than Alaska. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I could spend three hours on a plane rather than 12 to 18. Wow. Is it that much difference? It's just trying to line the flights up. Yeah. The layovers and everything. Yeah. That's, I mean, even to go back to Montana, Montana's not that far. I mean, it's only if, if, if I could, it would be super amazing. If I could be in Montana or up here and be back to Montana in four or five hours, six hours, that wouldn't be a thing. It's the yeah. four, six hours lay, six hour layover in Seattle is nothing. So you said some things are scary. What, uh, what's, what's scary for you? Um, putting all the eggs in one basket and just trying, I think, I think it's just going for it, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think I'm at a point, I'm still young enough where I can bounce back. I've got a great resume on the W2 end of things. Yeah. And it's, it's just time to try it out, put yourself in the marketplace and see if you fail or succeed. Yeah. And if I fail, I can always go find another mining job, but in the back of my head, it's the, this has really been a very good money job. We'll say wise, you know, I mean, yeah. I have, I've been blessed to make over a hundred thousand dollars a year since I was 23. It's incredible. If I would have, yeah. if I would, yeah, if I would have been way smarter then if we would have been talking <laughs> five years ago, this would be awesome. But yeah. <laughs> the cards didn't fall that way. I didn't I didn't really start looking into this until a couple of years ago. So it, it's one of those things where when I decide to do something, I do it pretty quick. Like I'll him haw, him haw, and then all of a sudden I'll be like, Oh, you're leaving already. Or you're you're gonna leave in three weeks. Yep. Yeah. Yep, we're gonna make it happen. And so I've already talked to He's my supervisor, but he's also one of my really good friends. Like I sat him down the other day and I said, dude, like, I don't want to blindside you, but I don't, I also don't want to like, this is not my 
resignation. It's not my two weeks, but here's what could happen. Yeah. Um, How do you take it? it? Oh, he was like, no, I can't hate you. I'm like, I like it. Yeah. Go for it. You know, cause I've already quit up here once and tried, tried something, but I wasn't financially set to do that. I learned a very good lesson cause I gotcha. tried to move back to Montana in 2016 to, uh, take over a truck shop. Um, learned a lot of really, really good expensive lessons. <laughs> and, uh, so this time it's a little different. I came back, I paid everything off other than the duplex. So now it's, uh, like, like we talked about last week, I've got an awesome, another awesome tenant and the tenant I have now, I feel perfectly comfortable renting this out being 3,500 miles away Yeah, with them taking care of the place. And it's not going to produce as much cash flow as I thought it would back when I first ran the numbers because I didn't really understand how to. I mean, I, I think it'll uh, have to sit down and do it again, but it'll probably cash flow a hundred bucks a door. Um, straight up cash flow. Yeah. Um, however, the the appreciation appreciation rate up here should be very you say should be but there's so where i live there's a military base 10 miles away 15 okay. miles away there's an air force base army base 10 miles away air force about 15 miles away and they're supposed to be getting f-35s rather quickly so the little town of north pole where i live is say right around four to six thousand people yeah. in that range. They're supposed to dump another four thousand people mm. in this area by like 2021, 20, 22. So that's a, a big uh what do they call it influx. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um I'm hoping they don't go overboard on the building because a lot of builders yeah. are getting they're getting ramped up. I mean, there's new houses going up all over. So, yeah. um, so I'm, I'm going to go try this out. Like, uh, I I've met a couple of cool people. One, one of the guys that I've met through the IC works for Amazon. And so okay. I was talking with him in Amazon. I don't know if it would pertain to this, but Amazon has a program to where basically you start your own business and they fund the whole thing. Um, okay. It's quite interesting. So that's something else to, to look into. Because the whole thing about this kind of revolves around an app. Right? Like the yeah. app is the, the, the big the technology. thing. Yep. The, the, con <clears throat> the convenience thing. And uh, the friend of mine down there, whatnot, he's like, actually said, man said since like we talked about this he said i guess i've noticed a couple other delivery services in montana or around here and i looked into them and i'm like yeah but they aren't thinking about what we're wanting to do they're not that's just an old mom and pop delivery service that's been in business for 30 years that hasn't got with the times yeah and so my whole thought process is is different and then also onto that there was an add-on with uh because he was, I said, well, what are you up to today, brother? 
he said, well, I'm just loading up carpet, taking it to the dump. And I was like, well, what would you pay just to throw that bunch of carpet out in the yard and have somebody swing through, pick it up, throw it in their truck and take it to the dump for you? And he goes, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there, there, there's an add on there too, right? Like it's yeah. it, not just a delivery service, but a pickup service too. And yeah. take to the dump. It just keeps you on the job that much longer. Because like him, he's got to stop what he's doing, take yeah. the trash out per se, and then go back to work. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so a couple of books, I want to make sure I mention these because you asked me last time. Right. Uh, and I can send you these if you want me to. Uh, on the money side of things, I, I think somebody mentioned Set for Life by okay. um oh gosh i i the book is interesting here's what i here's how i try to get my scott trench is the guy who wrote that one set for life um it, it's based on real estate right now mm -hmm. here's here's where i i try to get my advice from people who have been through it mm -hmm. right and been successful like I'm not going to take marriage advice from a guy who's been divorced four times, two times, mm -hmm. whatnot. The, we're having our house painted and the painters just showed up to, uh, I guess, put stuff over the windows. So that's why I just went in the dark. <laughs> I like it. Um, it, but, uh, so he, the book is called set for life. He's, he's in his mid to early twenties, about your age. To my knowledge, he's not set for life when it comes to, but there's some really good ideas in there. I think it's, you know, and I could be totally wrong on all that, but you know, so I would check that one out. The other one that I really love because, uh, I feel like Carl Richards is the author of the behavior gap. And I feel like he wrote that for me because it's, what's the subtitle of that one? Um, something like stop doing dumb things with your money. Mm -hmm. uh, let me look that up real quick. Simple ways to stop doing dumb things with money by Carl Richards. Uh, that one, I felt like he was talking directly to me, but then on the other side of things, on the business creation side of things, two of them that I'd recommend, uh, one is called launch your dream. And this is by Dale Partridge. It's a 30 day plan to turn your passion into a profession. And then the other one is called uh, ready fire aim by Michael Masterson. Uh, both of those books have been pretty instrumental to me. I like it. Um, I guess the reason I asked that because you, you have all these real estate books and, and maybe it just comes, but like nobody has like wrote a book, especially like in the real estate world where here's how I set up my finances, right? Mm -hmm. Here's how I set up my bank accounts, my, so for property a, here's its own separate account. Yeah. And, and maybe it's just too simple to write a book about, you know? Um, I don't know. I, I, I think you're onto something because, um, I think the the simpler that you can make it, I think the more popular it's going to be. And I think that's why set for life is, is so popular. I think it is mm -hmm. with uh, Amazon's bestsellers or whatnot, but it is, it's because it's, 
it's pretty simple. Pretty simple concept. What are you drinking there? What is that? A Coors. Oh, okay. I gotcha. It's technically nighttime for me. No, no, no. (laughs) I I totally get it. Yeah, I know. It's, um, I think the earliest I've ever had a beer was like 6 a.m. when we're getting on a boat to go fishing. So, I love that. Oh, I love yeah, early you gotta, beers. You gotta crack one before you leave the dock. That's, oh. That was the, the rule. <laughs> Can't drink all day unless you start in the morning, brother. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, I'm writing that one down. Can't drink all day unless you start in the morning. Who said that? Did you come up with that? <laughs> no, no. That's that, that. I've I've used it a lot to justify things. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, i don't remember where that started i think it started at college well Um, and and for those that if this is the first episode they're listening to you do work third shift right so this is definitely your night technically your nighttime yeah 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 like i'll I'll go to bed for five six hours here get up and get a bunch more things done yeah because next week i've got a bunch of friends coming up and uh we're gonna gut this place kind of it's uh turning it into just just sprucing it up yeah contractor friends of mine from montana that wanted to come up to alaska and i don't like doing stuff by myself i've really found that out like i was starting to tear carpet out yesterday and pull cabinet doors off and stuff like i'm a people guy like if i have a bunch of people here and we're having a couple beers and tearing it's a lot of fun but when you do it yeah. by yourself man it's boring man it it's boring and it goes a lot slower <laughs> oh, taking every screw out of yeah. the cabinet door oh yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah absolutely and then when no, you have back kids, on the- it still goes slower and but you have little ones to entertain so that's we're we decided this week we're going to redo try to redo the half bath downstairs before mm-hmm. the baby gets here so um i didn't want to rent a demolition hammer um i thought okay i've got a blade and i've got a five pound sledgehammer i'll i'll just take it up like that mm-hmm. well two hours into slinging that five pound sledgehammer i have maybe a third of the towel up and my forearms are burning. Mm-hmm. So I said, the heck with this, I'm going to go rent the demolition hammer. It took me longer to go get the demolition hammer than it was for me to take up the rest of the towel with that guy. And I was like, Oh, hey. is it like just a little air power or like it's a, a little electric? Uh, yeah. A little electric jackhammer is 25 pounds and it was just done. Those are awesome. Yeah. Uh, you were about to say something. I cut you off. Uh, well, no, just back on the book end of things, you know, like I, it's, you have all these financial books that I, I maybe it's just me, but people get lost and go, okay, I, I get the concept. I get the theory. I understand it. But how do I set my personal bank accounts up finances up for this? Yeah. And so that's kind of like, okay, like I, there's gotta be something out there. Cause like I say, like I'm terrible terrible with book work bookkeeping all of that like that's just not my strong suit which yeah i know so down the road like, okay <laughs> you need to hire somebody to keep it in line for you yeah um 
definitely, <clears throat> if that's something you struggle with, I definitely would recommend hiring somebody like that. Most mm -hmm. some CPAs will provide uh, like traditional bookkeeping as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Some of them will. So I, I would encourage you to do that. We do, we do all of our own bookkeeping, uh, mm -hmm. but we have it somewhat automated, um, uh, to the point where, you know, once a month. So if I have access, easy access to money, I'm going to spend it. I'm not mm -hmm. as disciplined. So at, we have in our savings account on our online bank accounts, they, um, they are set up for the first of the month and the 15th of the month when I get paid to automatically um, suck money out of that account mm -hmm. of our primary checking. That way I, I'm not tempted. Right. Um, and I know it's like we, you know, Dave Ramsey gets into, there's a couple of things that I agree with him on. Um, one of them is his, uh, you know, the baby steps to, to, but I, you know, we didn't get into cutting up our credit cards or anything like that. We still have our credit cards and, uh, we just pay them off every month and enjoy the points. I think we talked about that before. Um, mm -hmm. so we just, we're just very disciplined. We, we hit a budget really hard for six months, mm -hmm. knowing that our lifestyle didn't change or hasn't changed that, uh, I know, you know, we've gotten a certain number of times we can eat out each week to stay on mm -hmm. our food budget because every time we eat out, it's about the same thing. And, you know, it's about the same price, 20, 25 bucks. Uh, I'd love that. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, we're, it's mostly fast food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, you go out up here for two people, it's 70 bucks. Oh wow. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Every time. So, but I'll, uh, I'll see if I can't work on something for you and it may just end up being a, a blog post, you know, to say, look, here's what I do to manage money. I think that would be beneficial for people like me. I'm compartmental. Like, uh, let me say, I think compartmentalized is like a better, like, I like to have multiple accounts yes. to where like, if I could have an account for like, kind of like, how do they do it? The, the, the cash envelopes, but I don't like yeah. doing it with cash. Like if yeah. you could have, if somebody could come up with a way to have a budget app set up where you have a cash envelope type of a thing where once you swipe your card and then you get the transaction or whatnot, you can actually pull it out of that existing mini account almost rather than keep it all in a spreadsheet and then balance yeah. it all out, I guess, you know, like that would be really cool. Be like, okay, I got X amount from work this week. All right. We're going to divvy it up in between all of these accounts. As soon as you swipe your card within a debit cards instantly, obviously. So as soon as we roll this, all right, it comes out of this account and then you can drag and drop it and be like, I literally only have this amount of money. Yeah. Cause like you say, like I'm not the greatest with, figure like the old way of balancing the checkbook. Yeah. I much rather like the cash envelope style, but yeah. I don't yeah. want to carry around a bunch of envelopes. It's yeah. not going to work for me. Yeah. Hang on. Go ahead, Bob. It's the painters. It's okay. I'll come see them in a minute. 
my son had to tell me somebody's at the door. Um, they, uh, so I use uh, capital one, um, online, they have basically you have a master account, but then you can Mm -hmm. create as many, uh, sub accounts as you want to, and then withdraw and deposit from those sub accounts. And that's what I was talking about. It's all um, pretty much automated. So I'm not tempted to, you know, log into my bank account and say, Oh, there's five, there's 5,000 in my checking account. Let's go to Sizzler kind of thing. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? So, um, it has certainly helped us do that. I've just never sat down and wrote out what we did. Um, Mm -hmm. but I've made note of that. I'll, I'll do that and, uh, send it to you. It may take me some time to do. Cause one of the things I want to mention too, you're talking about, you know, um, making this transition, possibly moving back to Montana, starting your own thing. You know, it sounds like, it's a growing opportunity for you. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I too am going through a job transition. Oh, uh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the the meeting this morning was um, just had coffee with my uh, new boss and mm-hmm. just kind of getting the lay of the land kind of so I can hit the ground running. But it's a really good opportunity for me. Uh, it's a good opportunity for the family. It's going to be challenging um, just because I'm going to have to go into the office every day. To where now I'm here most of the time, but traveling one one or two days a week. But but now this transition is going to be in the office every day, um, with a really growing company, really fast paced company, um, you know, and with baby number three on the way. There's all that in the mix, so it's it's going to be a good growing opportunity for the family. Um. And that's the way I've looked at it, right? Uh, now it does come with a pay raise. Um, and also it's incentive-based pay. So I have the opportunity to earn even more. Uh, I like it. And, and I like the idea. What I'm trying to do is, you know, my wife and I've talked about this um, opportunity. And it's like, okay, look, we can do this for two years. And if I do this for two years and I'm hugely successful at it, then chances are, you know, we can peel back on, um, the whole W2 man, it's getting dark in here, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, uh, they're taping up the windows really nice. Uh, but you know, it's one of those things where, okay, we do it for two years. Let's look at it as a business venture for two years, see where we're at then and re reevaluate. So, you know, one of two things are going to happen after that two years, either a, we're going to be in a position to where I can quote unquote retire or B, um, we're going to, I'll be in a position to take a different position where I can work from home again, you know, mm-hmm. more time with family. Again. So, um, but I am nervous, I'm anxious, uh, but I'm excited at the same time, you know, because it's, it's, uh, it's a really good opportunity. And change is scary and it's, it's, it's exhilarating. It's exhilarating and it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to starve. So I mean, I, I guess I'm speaking from my perspective too. You know, like at, <laughs> at the end, why not try it? You know, yeah. why not do this new thing? And you've already got a good stronghold on your passive income end of things. Yeah, but it, it is um, change is scary. That's that's uh, uh, that is accurate. Uh, and it's just fear of the unknown, you know, and and what I'm trying to do personally is to do as much, you know, so 
this time next week will be my first official day at the new gig. Uh, but I'm trying to do as much preliminary work. So when I get there, I'm not just, I mean, I'm going to be drinking from a fire hose anyway, but, mm -hmm. uh, it'll be less painful, I think, and make me feel more com comfortable. I feel like I'm doing a taxi cab confession right now, the way that my monitor looks, because how dark it just got in here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. So good. Uh, but anyway, I love so it. I would encourage cool. you to, uh, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head and it's something I've said before when I was about your age is look, I, I'm not married. I don't have any kids. If I'm ever going to take the chance to take on something new and as risky as what you're planning on trying to do, now's the best time to do it. Because Absolutely. once you get in a spot where you've got a wife and you've got a couple of kids, um, then the thought comes, Hey, if, if I mess this up, it's not just me that suffers. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, I think it's a perfect time to do it. Question is, yeah, and it's, what, what would be holding you back from, from taking the plunge? Oh, that's a good one. Um, Hey everybody, I want to take a break from the action real quick and point you over to Passive Real Estate Investor Academy. It's one of our affiliate sponsors for the show. Um, Annie Dickerson, who leads up the academy there, I've met her, I met her at a conference last year. I uh, wanted to meet her because she is actually on uh, one of our posts, uh, 12 sites every financial freedom seeker should know about. Uh, the things that they're doing at Good Ag Investments, uh, I'm just amazed by. Uh, she had a very successful W2 career, but also, uh, I think it was last year, uh, 2018, she was able to pull her parachute cord and become a corporate dropout and focus on real estate investing full time. So, and by that, I mean her and her partner are now syndicating deals through their uh, corporation, Good Egg, Good Egg Investments. And what I'm most impressed by these, these ladies, what they're doing is they closed, I think it was around 3,500 doors last year. Um, and now they're teaching, they've launched this course, Passive Real Estate Investor Academy. Uh, to teach people what it really means to become a passive real estate investor and working with syndicators, whether you work with them or not, helps you understand what a passive real estate investor is all about. So check them out. We have a specific link for you. You can find it at helmsrei.com slash P-R-E-I-A. All right, let's get back to it. Honestly, the, the, the fear of... So when I left Alaska the first time in 2016, same type of thing. It was on a whim. That's a that's a funny story we could get into now if you have time. Sure. Is it sure? Okay. So um I was still doing the derby thing. Like this is something that I'm super, super passionate about. I absolutely love the sport, not necessarily for the crashing of cars or anything like that, but the people you get to meet, the awesome individuals, just the the connections you get to make. And so Hang on just a sec. I'm going to stop the video here for a second. But anyway, and so I, uh, that summer, I've been traveling around, and this was yeah, 2016. Yeah. So um, throughout the summer, still working like crazy. Mass, still mass amounts of debt. Didn't really think about it too much. And then, uh, I had an opportunity. <laughs> so I met a guy at a bar in the Seattle airport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we started talking 
and he was an investor in mines in Montana. Okay. And uh, anyway, we started to talk, and he found out that uh, I was a mechanic up here, and he offered me a job at this uh, mine site location in Montana, which is a super um, mom and pop mine like a basically like family farm type thing and so I thought about it thought about it and then just got the wild hair to be like okay this is what I'm gonna do and this is before I really understood um real estate and kind of how to go about it so I decided to put my place on the market I was moving back to Montana okay I did that did that showed up at their job site and it was an underground mine which i'm an above ground miner like okay. I'm, like big open pit mining so anyway we do that and I, I show up at this mine site and he said okay before before we go take a tour of the mine here help us unload this stuff and so i'm unpacking boxes out of this van truck and I looked down and it was dynamite. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> like, okay, this doesn't scare me, but do you guys realize like I have no license to, to touch this? I have. Uh... <laughs> and then it just went downhill from there. And so like instantly right there, I'm like, I'm not going to work for this place. Yeah. Yeah. And which that morphed into well, when a bunch of people found when a couple of people found out I was coming home, there was an old family friend that my grand my grandfather's best friend, who my grandfather's passed away. But anyway, Chuck, he uh, he contacted me, said, "Hey, why don't you come up and talk with me? I would like you to take over the truck end of business or the the, the mechanic side of my trucking business, and then that can work, you know, morph into you taking your own jobs." stuff like that and because his son was just doing like used parts um they buy buy trucks basically part them out on one side of the business chuck wanted me to take over the mechanic side so i said okay that was a very good lesson on not hashing out say a contract per se yeah okay what's going to happen he offered me a really good amount of money for up there in Haver, Montana, where I was from, that area, plus a place to live. So I'm like, well, I kind of don't have anything going on right now. I mean, and this was all within like a couple of days of each other type of thing. So it all gotcha. happened really fast. So I started doing that. Two months into it, the son brought me in and said, yeah, I'm going to cut your pay in half. And this <laughs> whole thing isn't going down. <laughs> and then for like three months i ran back and like i was like a rabbit in the headlights man like back and forth like i didn't know what was going on and then this place offered me my job back i'm like well i still have a place up there because i started renting it out by then and so i came back and just went on a tyrant of i'm over having all this stupid young kid consumer debt so yeah. i paid it all off and then uh so this time it's different because literally this place will pay for itself plus cash flow. I'll have a cell phone bill. 
Nice. So th- yeah. this is where kind of the rubber meets the road. Um, and you're also try- leaving on good, good terms, right, too. So if, if push came to shove and you had to come back, there's a possibility of that. Oh, no. No, I quit again. I'm done. Oh, really? They, they've let yeah. you know? They did. I mean, if it does happen, uh, well, if I do quit again, yeah, I'll be done. But or is it more personal? Changes. Okay. There's so many management change that, yeah, I mean, in five years, I could come back, but I really don't want to, Jay. Like, this is – Alaska's been the easy scapegoat. Yeah. It's e- it's easy to come up here and make a bunch of money. It really is for me. Like, this isn't – it's it's hard work, but it's not hard to find. Do you realize and what you so, just said, though? What's that? Do you realize what you just said? How quickly you just said that and how confident you just said that? You're done with Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I've just done nothing but work up yeah. here. You know, I mean, like I haven't, like people are like, oh man, you live in Alaska. You should, I'm like it, it doesn't align because if I take time off and spend up here, it, it's, it's a goofy thing because I feel if I have time off, an extended period of time i want to be back home with family and spending it with family so i fly down there right or go see jess or have her up here and so alaska is great it's beautiful i probably will do more in alaska once i'm gone as far as come up once twice a year to go hunting and fishing than i've ever done living up here not crazy (laughs) Mm -hmm. it really is like because i mean i went and Jeepers, like 2017, I worked like 12, 1400 hours of overtime. Wow. All I did was work. And that's kind of how we were raised to just work, work, work. Yeah. But yeah, too. as you, as you get older, you realize, okay, that doesn't, that doesn't get you anywhere <laughs> but if you don't have any reason behind it. And yeah. the drive to work like that isn't happening anymore. Yeah. So We'll circle back to the beginning of our conversation of change is scary. Mm-hmm. And I posted this the other day is, is something about, you know, is change the scariest thing or is it taking that risk? Cause right now it's not that big of a risk, right? Maybe a financial risk, but for you personally, there's not no risk and move it back. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just said, mm-hmm. Hey, this is, I'm over it. I'm, I'm done with Alaska. It served its purpose, had a great time, made some great memories time to move on you know yep so it's it's the fear of in in the back of my head of stepping back you know like oh my gosh like i'm 28 what do you have um like i turned 28 sunday i think and that was well thank you brother (laughs) um but it was one of those things it was really weird and this might so sound so uh I don't know how to say it, but, uh, so I woke up on my birthday on Easter, kind of looked around and went, what am I doing? I'm all alone. Like I've got really good friends up here, but at the same time, when you work a bunch or whatnot, like I do, and it, and it maybe it was amplified on night shift too, you know, but like, yeah. just, I, I just woke up and went, what are you doing? Like, hmm. Like you are literally all alone on your birthday and on Easter and not, not that birthdays are really anything after you hit 25, 
but it yeah. is nice to go have dinner or something with you know your good yeah. friends or fan so, something like that you know what i mean that was really like it was the point of kind of mm, i don't know if i want to do this to where like no what are you doing yeah and you know like a big thing with me is i would i want to be closer to my grandmother because like 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 we've we've talked about like she is my everything yeah so being closer to her and all that because there's only a limited time with other family members and this might be really weird and terrible to say but i've got a lot of family members who don't have that long in this world type of yeah. thing where you're getting calls saying aunt bethel's getting sick and you know uncle you know and so it's like man like yeah i, I guess i want to be there for all that yeah so and not That's... have to worry worry about trying to find a ticket out of here yeah. if a funeral happens or if you need to be down there you know yeah. well i'll just from where we sit we're in a lot similar spot but it's a lot more difficult for us to take a transition like that because of the mm-hmm. kids and because of work and um, many different factors that go into that so again if you're gonna make that transition oh now it's a perfect time perfect time and the the thing that sparked it was my buddy's like, yeah, we'll come because I'm a hang up guy. Like I can I can create every excuse why I'm not gonna do something. I'm like, yeah, I'll just stay in here. I don't really wanna redo my this side of the unit or whatnot. It's fine for me right now. If I wanted to, you know, rent it out, I'd have to do a bunch of work. And a buddy of mine's like, What? Fly me and three other people up. We'll knock it out in two days. Yeah. And I was like, Okay. Yeah. And and that's where like, I'm a, I'm a community type of a person. I love, I, I enjoy doing this kind of stuff with, with people and someone, like, all right, let's do it. And then yeah. that just kind of morphed into this new thing and trying to, I do really good when I'm sca- like scared and running almost to make something happen. Yeah. So I almost have to put myself in that situation where like I say, like, everybody's like well how are you going to make this go my this this new business go i'm like well i have kind of a concept and idea and <laughs> yeah. i don't i don't i don't, I don't know but i'll yeah. figure it out because it's gonna that whole scarcity of income per se is it's gonna push me and if yeah. i don't i can always go back and find another job wherever well, and a lot of that um Look, trying to look at this out ready fire aim by michael masterson it's mm-hmm. it is around that now it goes into different stages of as you grow your business how you should look at it but the mm-hmm. concept is <clears throat> ready fire aim you know a lot of people would want to ready aim fire and it's the way the concept that he's introducing um is one of those that's just hey man you gotta take a shot just go for it correct it you know progress i haven't read it yet but but i'm assuming it's it's combating analysis by paralysis very much so yep yep and that's my biggest thing too also is like i can think on something for a couple of months yeah and and (laughs) never take action that's that's just me but once i decide to do something or like once i'm like okay yeah i'm done and that may it's not just me but I think that's where a lot of awesome things happen in this yeah. world. Well, and, go ahead. 
No, just just where people you, you have to make something happen, you know, yeah. and that's me. Yeah, and you know, uh, we teach in our mastermind group, and you've probably seen this in the Facebook group as well. Is that progress is is? I need to join that, by the way. Okay, it is is just one of those things that you know, um, if it's a concept I really didn't understand until about a year ago, but I totally get it. You know, as far as uh, you know, the podcast, for example. I didn't have a clue what I was doing when I watched it. Um, I took a course uh, that Ryan Mickler put on and he is very much of the same mindset. Just go, you know, progress mm -hmm. is greater than perfection. And um, I still don't know that I know what I'm doing, but it's, it's been pretty popular so far. So, and if I mess up and it, it, you know, if I go back and I look just like you, if, if you go back and you look at version one of your app, or the technology that you use for your delivery service, you should be embarrassed about it, right? Yeah. But that means you're at a point where you're really proud of what you built, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I think <clears throat> change is scary, but I think if you stay there a little bit longer, it's going to be even, uh, I was going to say scarier. Is that even a word? <laughs> Not really, but we can use it. But I, I get where you're coming from because it is. It's because yeah, I could stay up here another two, three years. What is that gonna do other than add some more dollar bills to the bank account? Yeah, is it really gonna push that drive anymore in two or three years? No, no, it's not. Yeah. Like I've already lost the drive to work as much as I was two years ago. Two years ago, dude, like it was, I had a plan. It was executed. I was going for it. Now it's a struggle to go into work. Yeah. Which I enjoy what I do. I don't get me wrong, but it's a struggle to go into work on your off days. Mm. And then, so right there, it's just like, okay, like that's, that's a sign you need to go chase something else. Yeah. And it could be too, that you created this goal two years ago to mm -hmm. have the financial success you did. And now that you've had that goal accomplished, you're kind of sitting there saying what now, you know, and that's why a lot yep. of folks will tell you, you know, Grant Cardone's big about this, about 10 X and your goals, mm -hmm. uh, because you'll accomplish more than you think. And if you don't hit your goal, you can at least sit back and say, yeah, but look what I accomplished. So for example, if you would have said, okay, and I don't know your specifics, but if you would have said, look, I'm 200,000 in debt before I want to leave Alaska, I want to have a net worth of 500,000. Yeah. You know, if you were just debt free, but you didn't have any additional net worth, chances are you'd still be wanting to go in on those off days. Right. Mm -hmm. So I would say what you need to do from now is come up, you know, think about it, about what your goals will be once you get back to Montana. They don't necessarily have to be financial, right? But have whatever those goals are, multiply them by whatever number, you know, Grant says 10X them and let that be what it is, you know, and get after it. And I, I think, well, go ahead. I, well, no, I, I love that. It's, 
that's kind of what I did without knowing like the 10 X or like, like yeah. what I know yeah. now. Right. I mean, 2000, it was January 9th, 2019 or 17. I came back 70,000 in consumer debt. And I had that knocked out in eight, nine months, nice. you know, like, cause it's, it is amazing what you can, it, it is amazing what you can accomplish out of fear. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, because those three months, dude, like I say, like I was a rabbit in the headlights, <laughs> yeah. dude, like I was so stressed because I like all of a sudden you show up to work and, and I've known like within the first month of, of working there, like this is not going to work. And, but it was a family friend, all of that. So I was just like, oh, you know, like, we'll see how it works. I was very happy it happened on their terms. Um, yeah. but as soon as that went out, like I, I went on, a, we'll say a lazy ass fest for like <laughs> three months because I'm like, my gosh, could, do I go to work for the same company down in Nevada? Do I come up here? Well, if I come up here and as soon as like, like I was so like stressed out because I had no money coming in and say $3,500 a month going out the door. Uh, luckily I had some money saved, Yeah. but like my, I was breaking out in hives. Like I was so like freaked out and then all the, I, I don't know what it was one day or whatnot, but nope, this is what I'm going to go do. I'm going to go back and I'm going to crush it. And, yeah. and I did. And, and it goes back to that point of once you hit that goal, you always have to have another big goal, I think. And that's what I missed in 2018 was there was nothing past the other goal you know, or the first goal. Yeah, 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 yeah. And all of a sudden you're just like, oh, okay. Well, well I've I'm just good. been working a lot. Yeah, I guess I'll just work a lot. And yeah, now what? I've and been so there. for this, yeah. so, so for this, I almost want to put myself into that scare again. Like you say, like, I don't have kids. I don't, I don't have any obligations other than to try stuff. And Bozeman, Montana is beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's where yeah. a person would want to be. And so I might sound really funny, but I do really do good under pressure when but the say the chips are down or whatnot you got to figure out something yeah and most, most people part. do right mm -hmm. or not i'd probably maybe not most people i i perform my best when i have a thousand things going on mm -hmm. i don't know why yep. i've always been that way like growing up in uh you know my uncle rico days in high school it mm -hmm. was uh, during football <laughs> <laughs> during football season uh, where we had practice and then well when football was transitioning to baseball so sometimes you have both practices in a single day um, it would be one of those things where well it's spring season right so spring football practice baseball practice or games still normal school that's when my grades were were the best and it seems mm -hmm. like because I had the most stuff going on, it was just, you know, there was no time to get into those lazy ass zones. You know, like no, oh. I performed my best in college four days before anything I had to have done. done. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I'm the worst procrastinator. Right? <clears throat> and I read the book, uh, Atomic Habits. Yeah. I keep I hearing about I that know. one. I got I to gotta check it out. Oh, Jay, it's, it's amazing. 
because it's, I have literally got a checklist on the wall or whatnot of, so I started, my girlfriend's real big into plexus. I started that a couple of years ago. So I'm like, okay, like, like, let's get, let's just get a habit going with this. So every day, like I have a checklist, like, all right, you can check it off. If you have, you take your plexus, your probiotics, all of that. And then another thing I started was literally cleaning my toilet before I jump in the shower. Okay. Like that was one of the things in the book. It's hilarious, but it makes sense. Like you wait for 45 seconds, a minute for the water to heat up. Right. Why oh, not grab a Clorox rag and just wipe your toilet down. That's funny. Yeah. And so it, it's just, <laughs> it, it's doing those little things. And because I think people bite off more than they can chew and they get discouraged on when they can't yeah. or when they don't do something because you're not going to do something. And so it's trying to stack all those things as the author puts. And so I'm like, okay, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to see how long I do this for. Like making my bed. Like I make my bed every single morning, every single morning. Didn't start out that way. I hated making my bed. Yeah. And then I realized it was like a month ago. All of a sudden I went, like I, I make my bed every day. Now. <laughs> like uh, I, I didn't even realize that. Like I yeah. don't leave my house without my bed made. And so I, I think it's that like everybody. So you have this Andy Frisilla thing, right? Like 75 hard where you, you, you just have to grit through it. You got to go through it. I, that's great for some people. Yeah. But for a lot of people that they're, they're going to fail on that. 99% of the time. So it's going, okay, what can you do every day? That's a challenge. The challenge is doing it for the extended period of time, right? Can you literally make your bed for 90 days straight without missing a beat? And for the most people, they're like, no, nah, uh, they do it for a while, then they quit. I, I'm just using the bed as an example. Right. Or even one push up. Yeah. Right? Like people want to get in shape. Can you do one push-up every day for 90 days? That's all you got to do. Mm. One push-up before you get into bed. So that's where we're like, I, I'm trying to change my mindset. Yeah. Is just stacking all those things after reading that book. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I, I need to add that one to my library to read. Because it's, uh, I keep The, the audio book is great. Okay, good. Because I'm, I'm much bigger audio f fan than I am. Mm -hmm. I can't sit down and read a book. I start yawning just like that. I mean, first sentence mm -hmm. in. Uh, the only book I have not yawned yet with was Rich Dad Poor Dad. That yeah. was a. Why is that book so powerful? I don't compared know. Compared to like Dave Ramsey, like it's it it makes so much more sense. I I connect with it. You know, I know there's some huge Dave Ramsey fans out there that are. Um, uh, you know, almost a cult like following. But exactly. I, you know, I look at people who become financially free, but I'm not willing to do the things they're, you know, they're doing as far as there, there's a certain level of lifestyle my wife and I enjoy to have, and we want that. And, yep. you know, I, and we want to continue to do more as we earn more and invest more. Right. So, um, with with Ramsey's concepts, what I've gathered is your goal is to become financially free. 
but then what? Right. You're mm-hmm. ramen noodles. You're driving a POS car, you know, and, I, and the other thing is, you know, Andy Frisilla, one thing I don't like about his, he, he's a big car guy. I'm not a big car guy. Right. And he's always taking pictures in front of, are you, I mean, you're a big car guy, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, but, and that may be why you like him, but when I see him in front of a Lamborghini or, or something like that, you know, something really expensive car, I'm like, man, that is, I don't know what that gets him. It, that does nothing for me. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I think there's a lot, you know, between Rich uh, Kiyosaki and Ramsey, you know, we talked about this in the mastermind group a while back that most people kind of start out with Ramsey concepts. And then if they want to get into real estate investing, they realize, okay, there is actually good debt, uh, performing debt that is going to help you go to the next level. So it's almost like, okay, Ramsey's the, the elementary school and then Kiyosaki is the high school, right? I, I, uh, I, yes, absolutely. And I think Ramsey found a niche. I mean, the dude's yeah. worth, I don't even, you can't even put a percentage on how much more he's worth than I am or we are type of thing. Right. But he found a niche going and it's all behavioral, behavioral. Yeah. Uh, He is serving a need that a lot of people, a lot of people need, but you know, it's, I'm not willing to make those sacrifices that he, you know, because I don't think it pays off to make those sacrifices versus what, what Kiyosaki does. Yeah. Um, because you're okay. You're not rich. I'm not rich, but we're probably both in the same boat to eventually become super rich. You don't need to completely cut back your lifestyle. Yeah. To obtain this, but for the vast majority, I, I honestly would say the overwhelming majority of Americans, that is the case. That they the case. do need a financial makeover. Yeah. And Dave Ramsey's done an amazing job of branding himself. Yes. Um, you can't, you can't argue with his marketability in, in the way that he's been able to uh, create his business. I just don't agree no. with all the concepts, you know, um, some of especially them, especially when you, especially when you start understanding money or whatnot, the way yeah. Kiyosaki puts it to where it's a currency. Now it's not backed by gold. It's not, and I'm just dipping into this, trying to understand that. Um, but at this, the thing I don't like about is their millionaire hour, hour or whatever. You know, I mean, they're uh, they've they claim to have like ten thousand millionaires they've interviewed, done oh, yeah, this big yeah. extensive study. However, it's only the people that have followed Dave Ramsey. And his plans. No, you know? okay. I got you. Yeah. And he's marketing his product, right? He realizes people want to say, Hey, I'm a millionaire. And so he creates this study of people who've done this. And that's, yeah. Kudos to him. You know, I wish I had that sort of product. I'm, I'm working on it. It's, <laughs> you know. And, and so, like, if somebody was to come up and be like, Hey, Dave, like, I did this all off of debt. If Robert, if Robert Kiyosaki, called into his millionaire millionaire theme hour yeah whatever he calls it like what what would be that conversation yeah you know and i but the the cool thing is is there's no two ways to skin a cat 
Yeah, that's a good thing. There's there's options, right? And and some sometimes like this works great for people. Yeah. Because yeah. man, I grew up in a small town where everybody else is still there. Everybody I could walk into the local bar or pub, the people that were sitting in the same chairs when I left are still there. <laughs> yeah. Bitching about the government and why they're not where they are. Yeah. And not it, making more money and not yeah. Yep. And it's it, it it is one of those things where like no I'm I am not willing to completely cut out everything in my life to do everything debt free other than yeah. consumer you know and so that's what's really cool about bigger pockets or like Brandon Turner or whatnot like what he's doing if you look at that dude like that dude's debt I imagine it's astronomical. But it's cash flowing and growing his his net worth. Yeah, you know that dude's doing something right. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's living in. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a big follower of his. He's living in Hawaii now and surfing about every other day. Absolutely. So he's doing something right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's just more way. There, there's more ways than the old grandma way. Yeah. Which yeah. the old grandma way, if you listen to Kiyosaki, does not work anymore. Correct. Yep. Actually. And Bryce, I hate to do this, man. I know we, we, we've got a lot of good stuff we're talking about here, and I'm enjoying it. But I've got to get the old lady to the doctor. So. <laughs> All right, brother. Hey, <laughs> we got to go check on so that. Much for but look, hey, uh, let's, let's link up again whenever you can. Okay. All right, man. When uh, when's the next? Uh, shoot shoot me a message or whatnot when when works best for you, and then we'll collaborate. Okay, sounds good. All right, buddy. Thank Have you a good so one. much. Yeah, bye. See. You. Bye.